What do landscaping college students look for when they're evaluating potential employers? Could you expand your landscape company with a seed store? How can you quickly calculate what price you need to charge your customer to reach your target gross profit margin? And how to increase upsells with options-based proposals. In today's episode, I share valuable conversations I had with interesting people at the 2022 Elevate show by the NALP. We weren't getting the leads that I knew we could. We weren't getting the right leads. What started happening is that our, our leads are more qualified. Our sales have probably gone up by about 10 to 15% a year. We're going to increase our sales volume by a million dollars in a year. Hey everyone, Jack Jost is here and welcome to the Landscaper's Guide. This podcast is all about inspiring the green industry with sales, marketing, and leadership ideas. And one of the ways I get inspired is by going and talking to people. And I love doing this podcast because I kind of get to talk to anybody. <laughs> and uh, a couple of weeks ago, we went to the Elevate show by NALP. It was their first show um, branched away on its own. And it was awesome. We can't wait to go back next year. We had the Landscaper's Guide booth brought to you by Ramblin' Jackson, where we collected over 55 surveys for the 2022 Landscaper Sales Survey, along with our um, our client, Scott Kalinius from Forever Green Landscape Services, who helped us. Thank you to everybody who came by and took that. Uh, we'll be releasing those results. Uh, they're very interesting. Uh, we got to meet Ramblin' Jackson account manager, Brian Sandrock in person, and we had a steak feast with um, lobster mac and cheese. It was so much fun, and uh, we did a breakfast at Champions Table. It was it was overall a really great few days. Now I can't wait for next year's show, and in the meantime, I'm excited to share some of these interviews that I did with people at the show. First, what do college students studying landscaping or horticulture, what do they look for in potential employers? Let's hear what these three college students had to say. When it comes time to start applying for jobs, what are things that you're going to look for and how will you find them? Are you going to ask a friend? Are you going to look online? Just tell me a little bit about what are you going to look for? Well, I think um, initially just researching the companies that I'm applying for, uh, seeing their company culture and seeing how they implement that by asking them questions, you know, not just HR members, but reaching out to also people who've been there for a while, people who've recently been there to try to get a sense of what the work lifestyle is really like. And what about you? Yeah, um, location's pretty big for me. So kind of where things are located um, and then like what kind of cool stuff there is to do there and uh, kind of if it's a family environment or if it's going to be kind of just grind the whole time. and. Um, just kind of having that good work-life balance. So. And so what do you like to do outside of work? Uh, I love to go to the lake, wakeboarding, <laughs> surfing, yeah, that kind of stuff. So we're here with Trey, and uh, what are you studying in college? So I am a landscape architecture and landscape contracting dual major at Mississippi State. And um, what year are you right now? I'm currently a junior in a, it's a five and a, or four and a half year program. And what got you interested in landscaping? So I've always kind of been interested in the green industry and kind of using my hands to design and build things that, uh, you know, the public can use and um, can, I, I just, it's kind of, it, it makes me feel good when I can see something that I've created make people so happy. Yeah, I agree. There's nothing like that feeling. And uh, um, what are you, what are you going to look for when you start to, graduate and you're about to get a job how do you think you'll go about 
finding where you're going to work and what will you look for? So obviously uh, one of the main things that I look for is benefits within the company. I want opportunities to grow and I also want to be in a company that's you know, focusing on innovation and becoming more green and um, able to, I guess, develop new ways that are going to help with things like climate change. And I guess it really just comes down to being green and being efficient and having those growth opportunities. And how would you know if they're green and if they have those opportunities? I guess it, look into like the chemicals they use. Uh, that's one of the main things. And then the way they design things. Is it working with nature? Is it is it mimicking nature? Is it completely contradicting it and creating all these extra problems like erosion and uh, you know topsoil loss um, and also pollution through runoff? And if it's not controlling those problems, then it's you know not green. And and so like, how would you actually start to reach out to them? Would you look online? Would you ask your professors or like walk me through? How do you think you'll literally go and figure out where you're going to apply? So uh, one of the big things about our college, Mississippi State, is we have, uh, I'm the vice president of our club, and we've put together such a wonderful um, career fair where we have 30, 40 different companies uh, varying from landscape contracting base to uh, strictly uh, landscape architecture. And, or, you know, even a combination of both. And a lot of these companies, they're really focused on doing something new within the industry and, you know, being innovators. Um, so basically that's, that's, that's my uh, main way I go about it. The career fair? Exactly. Yeah, and also uh, LinkedIn. That's been a really big um, tool for me in finding new companies and um, seeing like the people that are doing big things in the landscape industry. Could you grow your landscape company by buying a seed store? Well, yes. This is America. Of course you can. I'm here with Mike Wynn from Greens Outdoor Creations. He's, he's at his landscape company for 10 years in West Virginia, and you recently bought a seed and feed company. Is that right? Yes. So why did you do that? I, don't, I haven't met any landscapers who have done that. Um, I'm curious why and how does it kind of fit into your strategy with the landscape company? So the, uh, the store is being sold by its original owners of 70 years. And uh, a couple partners and I um, decided uh, to entertain the um, idea of, you know, the unique opportunity to buy our supplier, and uh, we did it. it. It worked out. So, how does that give you an advantage, maybe that you didn't have before, when it comes to pricing and access to material? Well, uh, access to material is, is it's nice to control that. Uh, um, and uh, it gives us the unique opportunity to kind of get to know our competition a little better. It, as much as you can call uh, fellow landscape contractors competition because there is so much work out there that it's, you know, it's not really that we're necessarily competing against each other directly all the time. Uh, so uh, being able to get to know uh, colleagues in the field and understand what they're doing and, and what their needs are and then being able to be a partner with them is a is a pretty, uh, in my mind, unique and a, a pretty cool opportunity for us. That's awesome. So from, from a bandwidth standpoint, from, from, from time, has this been a big distraction or did the company already have the right employees in place or what's that been like from a 
you know, a management standpoint for you? The company had key employees in place. They were suffering from the same labor shortages as everyone else, particularly in entry-level positions. So, uh, yeah, initially it was a big distraction. Fortunately, we acquired Greens Feed and Seed toward the end of the landscaping season. So that, that was a huge help. It gave us time to regroup and uh, be prepared for spring. Cool. And uh, we've met through Beef Jerky. So tell. I'm just curious. It was great to meet you. Tell it. Just tell us the story of what do you remember from it was. It's been. I mean, it's like three or four years, I think, at this point. So what what happened? Yeah. So uh, a few shows ago, um, you were late to starting a presentation. So you gave everybody who was registered for that session. Uh, you mail this all beef jerky. And it worked. As a result, um, I've been on your email list since. Um, got the tree of good fortune, and uh, I probably watch your videos as fast as you put them out. I've seen the guys from the Harvest Group present at NALP uh, over many years. They're very good. I've checked out their book. I recommend that you check it out. And it was really great to connect with Harvester Bill for this simple but impactful pricing tip. What is your pricing? It's a little formula to reach your gross margin. So, so what is it? Well, listen, here's what it is. First of all, you got to determine your cost, Jack. And when you do an estimate, there's only three things you need to know. You need to know your cost. You need to know your cost. Guess what the third one is, Jack? Your cost. Your cost, exactly. Okay. So once you've determined what the cost is, you need to decide what you're going to charge your customer. Right? That sounds pretty good. Yeah. So if something costs you a certain amount, mm -hmm. you need to mark it up or price it accordingly to arrive at a desired gross margin. Gross margin is a pretty important part of the business. Whole another topic. But let's just say something costs you $1,000, Jack, mm -hmm. and you want to gross... 45%. What do you charge your customer? I ask that question of a lot of people out here in the industry. And what do they do? They multiply it by 1.45 and they charge 14.50. Well, you take 450, that's your markup, mm -hmm. divide that by your price, 14.50, that's only 31% gross margin. Not good enough, folks. That's not gonna get you anywhere. So what you do is you divide that cost by the reciprocal of the desired gross margin. What the heck does that mean? Well, if you want to gross 45, you divide by 0.45. Mm -hmm. So 1,000 divided by 0.55 gives you 1818, $1,818. That'll provide you 45% gross margin. So the secret is take your cost and divide it by the reciprocal of your desired targeted gross margin. And there you have it. When you walk a client's property and you see things in their garden that they need to take care of, but they didn't necessarily ask you to sell to them, how can you tell them about those ideas without seeming pushy or going over budget? Check out this clip of a conversation with Single Ops Jay Worth about options-based proposals. Basically, the concept is you want to advocate for your client's property. When you get to the property, you're the professional. You're establishing your professional credentials by saying, you know what, Mrs. Smith, you called me out about the edging and mulching job, but I noticed that these shrubs also need trimmed. I noticed that this tree is also a danger, and that needs pruned. We need to get some of that dead wood out. It's really about becoming an advocate for your client's property and positioning yourself as the expert. Um, learning to develop a mindset where you say, I'm not going to walk away seeing something else that needs to be done to properly maintain the property. 
So, um, so they called you out for mulching, and maybe you identify that they have a drainage problem, or they don't have irrigation, or um, something like that. So, what w what in the proposal in single ops, what does that look like? So in single ops, you're allowed to, you can create multiple proposals, but when you send it to the client, you can mark them as optional. And the client has the option to accept or decline them. So they're getting your entire recommendation right in front of them. They might go with it, they might not, but if they don't know about it, if you haven't raised the issue, if you haven't advocated for the best thing to do for their residents, you're leaving money on the table. I, I like it for a couple of reasons. One, I think it, it, a lot of homeowners in general don't know all of what they might need and it would be a disservice to know about something that they need and not tell them about it um, and then two it also kind of provides a little documentation of like well actually we did recommend that you do this and you declined it on this time because sometimes people say well i thought all of this was included and it kind of can keep give you that little paper trail and not only that, it's a little bit of an insurance policy for you too. Like you mentioned, there's some documentation because when they call you back and they say, oh, well, I thought you were going to do this. Well, no, actually you declined this, but we can add it on right now. The proposal's already done and all they have to do is go back in, accept the proposal, and then it goes to your scheduling team. Elevate was overall a blast. We talked to a lot of really interesting people. We saw clients, we saw team members, we saw some of our partners and vendors. There's nothing quite like the connections we made there. We also hosted a Breakfast of Champions table with NALP. On, um, I did one on sales process, and our senior landscape marketing strategist, Robert Felton, hosted one on recruiting. And those conversations were really interesting. One of my favorite things is how collaborative the green industry is. People get together, they talk about problems, they talk about what's working, and uh, I can't wait to see you all at another event. You know, we have some coming up, so check out our events page, landscapersguide.com slash events to see where we're gonna be next. We hope to see you there. And um, hey, if you enjoy this show, wherever you're listening or watching, um, if you're watching on YouTube, like this, subscribe. If you're listening, give us some, some stars and a rating and tell people about the show. It helps us grow, it helps us, helps us ultimately serve the industry when more people hear about it. So thank you so much. I'm Jack Jostis, and I look forward to talking with you next week on The Landscaper's Guide.